So, today, we go back up the mountain. So last week, we, Jesus says this curious thing to the disciples. <clears throat> he says to them, somewhere in here. Ah, maybe I didn't put it in there. There it is. Verse 26. We're in Luke chapter 9, verse 26. He says, Whoever's ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. And then he says, Truly, I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death before you see the kingdom of God. And about eight days after that, Jesus, after he had said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up to the, on the mountain to pray. Jesus is talking about his second coming, which, as Maureen eloquently said to us, we don't talk about the future. We talk about the past a lot. We talk about what Jesus did for us, but we don't think about the future. And one of the, the things that keeps us engaged in this life towards following Christ is the future with him. And Jesus is coming again. So some, some people, when we read the, our newspaper, we think, man, Jesus must be coming any minute now. And, and Jesus taught in... Uh, Matthew 24, when he was talking to the disciples, he said um, it, it was as in the days of Noah when uh, the, the coming of the Son of Man will be. They said, what's the sign of your, what, what, what are the signs? And unfortunately, Noah lived, it said that it, it took 120 years for him. Um, and so there's, there's this gap. There's this gap time between what you think you what you see, and, and you're going okay. Something's happening here because you know if if you look at preachers in the twenties, well even in the tens. Let's say, do you remember 1910? Anybody know history? What was what was happening in Was there a war, first world war, right? And then after that, there was this beautiful event. My mom talks about the depression. Okay, and then after the depression, there was this other. Second World War, yeah. And then after that, there was more madness, yeah, war, war. And, and if you listen to old preachers, which I do, uh, I, I've, I'm, I, I love to listen to old preachers. And all the way back, it doesn't matter how far back you go, they're like, these are the worst days. Jesus is coming again soon. But we know because that was like 100 years ago, <laughs> that we're in it, right? If it was 120 years from Noah, we're, we're right on time right now. Anyway, a, a lot of people, uh, it, it, over the years, they, they've asked me, like, you know, like, you know teach on Revelation or, or Daniel or, or whatever. You know, even, even in the book of Acts, the, the, the disciples asked, they said, so, so when are you coming again? And Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know. But here's 
but you wait for me in Jerusalem and you receive the Holy Spirit and then you go from there and you tell everyone about me and then I will come. So Jesus is taking them up because he had just announced that he was going to die and then they got the inkling that maybe what was going to ha- what they had in their mind about what Jesus was going to do was not what was going to happen. And, th- and essentially, he said, you're going to have to carry your cross. Just That's what Gio taught us a couple weeks ago. And carrying your cross means you were going to die. And so Jesus was informing his disciples that tough times are coming. Okay? okay with that (laughs) but then he says i'm going to take you on this spectacular journey up the mountain and i'm going to show you something just like we saw in revelation chapter 5 i want you to see my glory so that when you experience difficult things in your life you're not focused on the non-glory because that's where we have our mind our mind is in the non-glory and he's, he's going, you're going, you're going to go through some crazy times. You're going to die for me. But you're going to see me, and that is going to carry you through. So these guys, they, they, they started to get overwhelmed by the, his thoughts. And Jesus says, come on, come on, let's go up and pray. And last week we talked about, he, he invites them up, and he says, um, and uh, while, while Jesus was praying, all of a sudden, his, his face was transformed. And in Matthew, it says that it was metamorphized, that he, he, he was finally not just a man anymore, but he was, he was God. We could see that this wasn't just a guy. This was God himself. And the glory wasn't like a spotlight on him. It was coming out of him because that's what glory does. That's why these people in Revelation are falling down and, and going, ah, you're worthy, is because they realize who he is. Okay, so let's go up. So he says, his appearance, his face was changed, his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. How bright is that? Pretty bright, guys. Okay. And then two men, Moses and Elijah, they must have had their name tags. Uh, because how do we know it was Moses? I don't know. These guys. He must have told them later. Uh, that was Moses and Elijah. But anyway, uh, appeared in, in glory. They uh, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus, and they spoke about his departure uh, that he was leaving, uh, which he is about to bring to fulfillment. So, here's the scene right before we get to where we're going: is that Jesus is talking with Moses and Elijah. They, at this point, were old friends because Moses and Elijah had been in heaven. <laughs> Remember, both these guys uh, died in, in strange ways. We don't know. It, God said, I'm going to bury Moses. And he took a walk and nobody ever saw him again. And nobody knows where he is. If you read in, in uh, Exodus, it says, we don't know where he is. Well, I know where he is. He's in heaven with God. <laughs> and then Elijah, how did Elijah leave this planet? Woo! Chariot of fire. Woo! You know, always think of Santa Claus or something when that is like, you know, it's a big sleigh. Uh, maybe that's Elf I'm thinking of. But anyway, 
we're getting into the Christmas season, right? It's almost November. So you get, okay. So anyway, so he, he was taken into heaven with God. And, and so they had time to spend with Jesus before he came to earth. And so they were saying, probably, they were talking about his departure gone. Man, can't wait till you come home. Because <laughs> uh, we miss you. We love you. We like being in your presence. We like Revelation 5. Come on back. And so it's, it, the, the word there is interesting. It, it, it's, it's the word exodus, his exit. He was like, okay, we're on the way. Okay. So meanwhile, who did Jesus take up to the mountain with him? Anybody, anybody? Peter, James, and John. And what were these guys doing? They were enamored by the scene. They, they were caught up in the drama of it. No, here's where we are today. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. <laughs> the word there is interesting. It's, a, it's the word we get hypnotized from. Say, hypno. And, and, and it's like there, there was something in that. You ever felt that way where you're trying to stay up? Yes. You know? Remember as a kid, you try to stay up all night? Uh, or sometimes, you, you know, or you're studying. You try to stay up all night. What happens? You're like, that's what was happening to them. And they were overwhelmed. I don't know if it was the hike. You know, Jesus was super strong. He just walked up the mountain and said, hey, Elijah and Moses. These guys are like, oh, man, this hike is killing me. And, and I'm overwhelmed by all this news. And Jesus, I'm not sure what's going on. And they went to sleep. But when they became fully awake. Now, that's like a person who's in the watch of the night, who's like, I am, I, I'm on guard duty here. I am awake. And, and I, I, I wanted, I, the, the question I, I wanted to bring uh, this morning was, like, how, how can we get more focused with Jesus? Because, or I could ask you this morning, how focused are you in your spiritual life with Jesus? Because we could be like these disciples, I'm half asleep, uh, or fully asleep, and, 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 G- and Jesus is like, the most dramatic moment of your life is right now. Right now. You are seeing, you, you have the opportunity to see me in your glory. And I was thinking about this. What if the most dramatic moment of our life is right before us right now, and yet we're out of tune with it? Is it possible? Is it possible that in this minute, right now, God has gathered us together and we're like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm missing it. And Jesus comes over and he says, hey, don't miss this moment. Be present to my presence right now. And I was thinking, uh, you know what? What? keeps me asleep. And, and I was thinking about all the distractions, you know, because I, I spend time with the Lord every day and, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I get into the mode of like in the presence of God. And then I walk away from there just asleep, just asleep. I'm, I'm, I'm distracted by this and that and all of life rushes in and, and I just forget that his glory is still with me in this moment. Um, of course, you got worry, 
that can put you to sleep. These guys were worried. They're like, Jesus said, I'm, go- I'm going to die. I was like, I'm worried about this. <laughs> uh, fear? Anybody afraid of anything? Afraid of the future? Read, read the newspaper. You go, man, what is going to happen? I mean, sometimes when I read the newspaper, I, I'm like, I, I, should, I should make some kind of drastic action. Here's the most drastic action you can do. Anytime you're afraid. Huh? Yeah, don't read the newspaper. That's pretty drastic. That's okay. That's good to do. Uh, also, the most drastic action is anytime you feel afraid, you stop and say, Jesus, my life is totally in your hands. And let him catch you. Okay. And then I just did put down the noise of the world. There's so many noisy things. I mean, is there stuff clamoring for your attention? So these guys, they were hypnotized by the world, by their circumstances, by their stuff. And here was the most significant event of their life, was to have Moses and Elijah and Jesus at the same place, at the same time talking. And so anyway, when they're fully awake, Peter says, dude, we're missing it. <laughs> it's kind of like, have you ever been on, like, on a retreat? And you're like, God is here. And you're like, how can we just stay here? Isn't that nice? Going to men's, women's retreat, family retreat, something retreat. And you're like, oh, if we could just box this up. So he says, "Hey, let's let's uh let let's build let's build some a spot for you guys to hang out." What's interesting is he says, "Let's build one for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus." And then they're out in the cold. <laughs> they didn't say build it for me. They said they said, "Let's build it for you guys." They I think they recognize something. They recognize the fellowship of those that were connected with God. And they knew they weren't there. They're like, we better build these guys a spot. But it says right here, he did not know what he was saying. <laughs> I know. I just, I just love that. I, and it's in parentheses. I'm like, did somebody write this in? Was, was some scribe reading this and going, okay, and he was saying this, and then he's like, he didn't know what he was saying. And then all of a sudden it got copied 10 million times until we got the Bible. <laughs> or did the Holy Spirit just say, put this in here, Luke? He didn't know what he was saying. He, he was totally missing it. Was he overwhelmed with the situation? Or was he just not aware of his circumstances? Anyway, we don't, we don't know. It's, all it says is he did not know what he was saying. But while he was speaking... A cloud came. This is a, this, this is so dramatic. I, I mean, I can live in this. I mean, somebody needs to, like, put this on film. Probably somebody has. Okay. Uh, but while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Okay, let me read you something. You guys okay? You gave me a little extra time. I'll spend a couple of minutes reading another scripture to you. 
So the cloud that covers the mountain is always a sign of the presence of God. And what they were experiencing, they saw the glory of God, but the the thing that brings us into focus is when we experience the presence of God. But the presence of God is truly scary. I won't say scary, but it's fearful. Because in that place is where the transformation comes. Do you know that? When you enter the cloud, then all of a sudden you hear the voice of God, and the voice of God says, we must become like Jesus. We're taught that it's our transformation into the image of Christ, and that comes by being in his presence. Is everybody still following me here? Okay. Now this harkens back, this entering into the cloud, all the way back in Exodus, and Moses is one of the first people that experiences this. And I wanted to read it to you because as soon as I read that, I thought, Moses. And the Lord said to Moses, this is uh, uh, um, Exodus 19. And the Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready on the third day, because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of the people. This is beautiful. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, Be careful! Don't approach the mountain. Don't even let your foot touch it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. It's this fearful place that the holy God, not not the American Christian God, it's like my best buddy, but the holy God is revealing himself to us and bam, we get to see the full picture. Okay. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may you approach the, the mountain. So there is an opportunity to come, but you have to wait. Okay, after Moses had gone down the mountain to the people, he consecrated them and they washed their clothes. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. And everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it with fire. The smoke billowed up from it. It was like smoke from a furnace. And the whole mountain trembled violently. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke. And the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended to the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses, come up to the top of the mountain. This was the same story they were experiencing. (laughs) Come up to the top of the mountain. Enter into the cloud. Hear the voice of the Father. I just got to (laughs) go.
Sorry. It's too much. It's too much. But this is the same call he has on our lives. This is the very call of God for every child of God. It's come up to the mountain. So anyway, while Peter was talking, a cloud came and covered him. And he's like, hold on, I was just talking. He was interrupted by the presence of God. (laughs) I need to be interrupted by the presence of God. I need to stop talking. Because it's in the silence we can hear his voice. Revelation 1, 7 says, Behold, he comes in the clouds. Every eye will see him. They will also, and they also which pierced him. And all those on the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Come. Okay. So they're in the cloud. And then they hear the voice. So it always starts with the presence of God. You want to hear the voice of God? You got to get close. (laughs) Can't stand far from him. Can't just get it. You can't, you know, you got to get close. I'll just leave it at that. And this is what he says. This is my son. (laughs) So you here have sons. How do you feel about your son, Maria? How do you feel about your son, Tom? How do you feel about your son, Leonard? How do you feel about your son? (laughs) How do you feel about your son? How do you feel about your son? We got a lot of dads here with sons. How do you feel about your son? This is my, yeah, this is my beloved son. This, this is God Almighty saying this. He's like, this is my son. Listen to him. In Matthew, it says, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. He says it again because Jesus heard those words before. Remember on his baptism, what happened? Father came, he spoke, this is my beloved son, and whom I'm well pleased, who hadn't done anything yet. And here he is at the end of his life. He's going to the cross. And once again, the father said, this is my beloved son. You know who you are. Okay. So the voice of God. My greatest passion as a pastor is for people to hear the very voice of God for themselves. Sometimes you go, that was a good message, Pastor. And you go, I think I heard the voice of God through what you said. And we do hear the voice of God through people. But we have to listen. And then sometimes we're reading the Bible and we're like, that is the voice of God. It's like the whole thing's the voice of God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the Bible because there's too much of it now for me. It used to, you know, because I just, I just want to live with two verses. 
And then I turn and I'm like, oh no, there's more. Shoot, I'm not going to be able to digest all of this in my lifetime. Uh, But there's the very Spirit of God that dwells in us and near us that wants to speak to us each and every day. I believe this is what the event was going to teach Peter and James and John because they were, as you know, they were the ones that were going to drive everything forward for the kingdom of God for the next season of their lives until they were killed. And they needed this event to ground them kind of once and for all. Those other things happen. Um, they were going to be able to hearken back to it. And that's what I'm going to leave you with today. I told you last week that John said, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the one and only. But now I want to give you Peter's verse, um, his take on this. Because the Bible says, um, oh, I didn't read the, the, the conclusion, but here's the conclusion. Um, when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. They didn't need to build those tents. And the di- disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at the time of what they had seen. And in uh, Matthew, it says that Jesus told them, don't tell anybody. I don't want anybody knowing this until after I, I rise again. Okay. So after he rises, Peter writes in the second epistle we have. And this is what he says. This is, I'm going to conclude with this because he, it, it, let, let's just take it for what it is. He says, so I will always remind you of these things. Even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. So he's like, you've heard this story before. I keep telling this story. I was on the mountain with God in his glory. But I want to remind you, and I have no problem reminding you. And just like today, you, you've heard all my stories. If you've been in our church a couple of years, you're like, ah, he just keeps saying the same thing over and over. I have no problem reminding you. Why? Peter had no problem reminding everybody. Okay, go on. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them, and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this body. Because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were on with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message 
as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. What an event! So, how do we stay focused, guys? <laughs> Go up that mountain any day. Say, Lord, I'm coming up. I want to be with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know your love. This was the beginning of the end. He was going to save us from our sins the first time. But when he comes in glory the second time, it's not to save us from our sins. It's to make everything right on earth. You know, there's a lot of stuff out of joint on the earth right now. But Jesus is coming to set it all right. And that we can rest. So, let's pray. Lord, God, Savior, Master, Glorious One, the majestic glory. Words cannot describe who you are to us. We read these things and we say, wow. I'd like to be connected with God in that way. Because that's what our hearts long for. We're not going to be content for a surface Christianity. We want the real thing. And so this morning, Lord, just wake us up to the moment that we're in right now, that we could be present knowing your presence. Lord, take us into the cloud, even the cloud of unknowing. We don't have to know. We just need your presence. And Lord, let us hear your voice. Amen. All right, everyone. I hope I was able to communicate that. <laughs> because, uh, dang, you know, if you stay in the Word a little bit of time and, and meditate on the thing, it just takes, it can just take you over. And uh, to express it is hard. So, with those joining us online today, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Walk up that mountain this week. Take a couple trips. And... Uh, so you can get in the presence of God and hear his voice. I will see you guys next week. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So you know where we go from here. Sorry. Next week. Down the mountain. <laughs> Into trouble. So just get ready. Uh, these guys are going to learn some other lessons. Anyway, uh, lesson for today. May we all be in the presence and encourage one another daily.
to, to, to get with God. When you see, when you see your, your bud, say, how, how are you doing with, how, how is your walk with Jesus? How are you, are you sensing his presence? Are you close to him? Are you feeling it? Are you, you know, are you captivated by it? And if they're not, then say, let me pray for you. Cause I want, I, I want all of us to be on the, on, on a 10, on a 10 focus. I'm like on a one and a half, which means you guys are on like one and, Four fifths. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I just, because I know. I mean, my whole life is is taken by the gospel, and yet I I can forget any any minute about all those things. So I know you guys have like real lives, un, unpastoral lives, and uh, and and so it's easier for you guys. It may be easier. Maybe it's easier. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm done, right? I told you I was done. So God bless you. Have a great day. And we'll see you later. Oh, yeah. Where's the hook when you need it? Where's the trap door? Just pull it, man. Just go ahead. I don't know why you guys are looking at me. I'm done. You guys go talk to some friends. All right. Have a great day.